0: Word of mouth is the best kind of promotion, and Deeks Insurance is proud to list word of mouth as a secret to their success. Serving the faith-based community with tailored plans and preferred rates for home and auto insurance, Deeks knows the importance of a good reputation, which is why so many customers refer their friends and their family to Deeks Insurance, a licensed insurance brokerage since 1981. If you can't wait to find out from someone else, then visit deeksinsurance.ca to get started with a quote. Deeks Insurance where family matters.
1: I remember one night I was rocking him to sleep and I had done all the things. I had fed him and changed him and he should have been happy in my arms and he wasn't. And the answer had to come from something deeper that couldn't change. It had to come from God and understanding His character his promises, and really fighting to believe the things that I said I believe.
2: That's Jamie Finn talking about the hope that Jesus Christ gives us in our parenting journey. And she joins us today on Focus on the Family to talk about foster parenting and all of the trials and blessings that come with that. Your host is Focus president and
3: author Jim Daly. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fuller. John, I love this topic. I know not everyone is uh, capable or available to do foster parenting, but I'm telling you folks, uh, we're going to cover some territory today that needs to be covered. We have about, oh, just over 400,000 kids in foster care in the United States. About 110,000 of those are available for adoption. And I, you know, when you look at the Christian church, I can't think of a field more ripe unto harvest Than this one. Hmm. And I, I, uh, again, I just don't think we should have kids in foster care waiting uh, with the Christian church if it were active. And I'll just call it out there. And we're going to talk about this today. I remember Gene and I, I remember we talked about our program, Wait No More, which we started here at Focus, really because of my Stint in foster yeah, care. Yeah, you, you charged us to get and something you know, going. So when we got that going, I got home, and we had aired a program about people getting engaged and trying to call people into that space. And I remember I got home, and Jean said, well, if you're going to ask others to do it, we should do it. And I said, well, wait a minute. I was the foster kid. I already did my time. <laughs> yeah. And she gave me that stink eye, like, no, that's not going to cut it, you know? So we got certified. We probably, over an 8 years period, had 15, 16 kids through our home. And some of it was amazing, and most of it was challenging. Mm. And that's part of it. But I'll tell you what, um, we know three of the kids who have accepted the Lord because of that engagement. What is that worth? I'll leave that out there. Let it hang. And today we're going to talk about and challenge you to do what James 127 says, which is to care for orphans and widows in their distress. Doesn't get any clearer than that, everybody. And I'm excited about the topic. Yeah, there's something that we can all do. Each and every one of us can do something in
2: this journey. And we've invited Jamie Finn here to talk about just what we can do. Uh, Jamie is a foster parent, a speaker, founder of um, what I'm told is the largest online support group for foster parents. It's called Foster the Family. Yay! And uh, is the author of a book called Foster the Family Encouragement, Hope, and Practical Help for the Christian Foster Parent. Stop by focusonthefamily.ca for your copy or give us
3: a call. 800, the letter A, and the word family. Jamie, welcome to Focus on the Family.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. It's one of
3: those first-time things, yeah, right? It's yeah, it's exciting. This is I've so-
1: seen it. I've listened, and now I'm here. <laughs> yeah, that's sweet. Thanks yeah. for
3: listening. You're a young mom,
1: right? I am, but I I love <laughs> your heart for foster care. and
3: Well, and, and I love your heart for foster care, too. Let's start with the angelic music. Roll the music. Ah... Paint a picture for uh, us about you and Alan's relationship before foster care, (laughs) when everything was simple.
1: Yeah, simple and average, you know, and that's what Mm. we were pursuing, this average American life where we had one boy, one girl. We were working and, and doing sort of normal life and I... Which is good. Yeah, it is good. And (laughs) we felt a conviction that there was so much more than just the American dream. And
3: how how did you start fostering then? What was the spark? Which one of you, Alan, or you came home and said, "Okay, Alan."
1: It was me, and. And I've learned since that that is the common experience of ninety five percent of of foster parents. Exactly. If we're going to
3: tell people to do it, we better do it. Wait a minute.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and my husband had adopted sisters. It was something that we kind of always talked about in a maybe one day sort of way. Mm
3: -hmm. Let's camp there for a second because it's such a normal reaction to say when this is in place when our kids are. I mean, that is kind of normal to think when is the best time.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, there is, you know, the ducks in the row sort of way of looking at it. And I think it's important that we're prepared, but there's also nothing that can prepare you. Right.
3: Thanks for saying that. Yeah. yeah so, so for true. us, it
1: was a step of faith. And for me, it was an act of passion. Mm-hmm. I wanted to follow God into this. For Alan, it was sacrificial obedience. Mm, right. It was being compelled by God's word that God was calling us to do something for the widow and orphan yeah. as you shared that verse.
3: I'm thinking of that in a sporting event kind of <laughs> context. Uh, you have passion meeting sacrifice. That sounds like conflict.
1: Well, and there wasn't conflict. I'll say there was pleading on my part. Yeah, There was a pleading of, here's the need, here are the stories, And then I realized, oh, my husband is a man of conviction, and if I ask him to go to God's word, he's going to find there this clear calling. And that clear calling isn't that everyone become a foster and adoptive parent, but there's a clear calling that we are stepping in to the vulnerable and the broken, the lost When we see the most vulnerable population, we go right to foster children, children who need to be adopted. But there's also this community of struggling families who we may be able to keep children out of foster care. And so it's not as simple as become a foster parent. For some families, it might be welcome a family into your home for dinner or bring groceries to that single mom or Help in some way a family who's struggling, not just jumping in after the state has already gotten involved. Right, and that's
3: great. Those are good things to do. And we're going to wrap the program at the end here with some other things people can do. So remember those and we'll bring them back once again. But let's uh, speak to the challenges that exist. And I think, you know, we have a program called Wait No More, Mm -hmm. and it's pointed at uh, church members, you know, um, the Big C church. What do we do uh, to engage people? And so we work with local churches to set a, a time that people can come and learn more. And there's agencies there. They can get fingerprinted. They could start to process all those good things. But one of the things I'm proud of the team for doing is they do talk about the challenges. These Mm -hmm. kids come with a lot of emotional, sometimes physical issues, Mm -hmm. and you have to be prepared. There's no box that says normal. Mm -hmm. And when you qualify your home for a foster situation, you do check boxes of what types of kids um, emotionally, spiritually, physically you're able to manage. Mm -hmm. And it is a weird experience to go through that head-knocking Um, food hoarding. I mean, you're sitting there going, wow, these kids, they have gone through so much trauma that they have issues.
1: Yeah. And that has been what we've come to learn. I think we started off with let's welcome one baby one time. And part of the idea of a baby was we'll get a child who's good as new, a clean slate. Hmm. And that was sort of the way we came into it. And what we've learned since is that trauma is a part of every single child who has entered the foster care system.
3: Even prenatal.
1: Prenatal, absolutely. Yeah. So we've had kids come to us from the hospital who've been exposed to drugs, alcohol, chronic stress in utero yeah. in a way that has affected them and will affect them for the rest yeah. of their lives.
3: I remember, uh, you know, of the 15 kids or so we had. Two sets of siblings mm-hmm. for extended period of times, and the second set was a brother and sister. And I remember the first morning I woke up. What do you want for breakfast? Oh, I have a bowl of cereal. He was like two years old, and so I made him cereal. And then he said, "Could I have some toast?" Oh yeah, made him toast. Got some eggs. Yeah. Eggs. I mean, within about ten minutes, there was this mound of food yeah. that no way he was going to eat that. But it was like his fear. Yeah. He had food insecurity. Yeah. And he, every morning for about a month, Hmm. it went this way, where he would just ask, can I have more? Can I have more? And I just wanted to prove to him it's all available. You don't have to worry.
1: But it took about a month. Well, and you could have said that over and over. There's enough food for you ever. It's not logic. But his brain and body needed to learn that food would show up.
3: So that's part of it. Um, You were challenged by a commencement speech involving, I think, a dollar. (laughs) What happened there, and how does it relate to foster care? A buck.
1: Yeah. I went to my best friend's graduation, and the speech was, here's a dollar, this is your life, you get to spend it once. And that has been a driving force for me through my life. How did it
3: speak to you, though, specifically?
1: Really believing that this life is something that we are going to spend up that will matter for eternity. And I just so... One even as, you know, a thirteen year old that was put in my heart of I just want the way I spend my days to matter Mm. in eternity. That really
3: does get to that scripture in James. Mm. You know, this is pure religion. Yeah. This is your pure dollar.
1: Right, right.
3: Wow. Mm. You had an original plan for fostering that wasn't necessarily what it should have been, I guess, is the way it was described. You know, Jean and I struggle with having that original plan. One of the things I was really impressed by, the parent training that you receive in the foster programs. Typically, I can only speak to Colorado.
1: Yeah, I'm glad but, that's your experience. No, it's
3: really good. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, I thought every parent mm. should get this kind of training about how to raise a child. Mm. And I'm not talking about the spiritual elements. It was just very practical about temperament and anger and how to embrace your child with love. Yeah, I mean, those, these are common themes, right? I think every parent wants that. And every foster parent uh, desires to express that to these kids. But describe your process of wanting to protect those foster kids from their parents.
1: Yeah, I came in with a very naive at best, and I would say arrogant and sort of savior complex of these kids have been in these homes with these-
3: These horrible homes. Yeah, these
1: horrible homes with these abusive addicts who hurt them and- and that was the mindset I came in with, and I am so grateful that God rescued me from mm. that. What
3: does it sound like in a better way? Because some of that is real. You're sitting there going, why would you put this two-year-old through this?
1: The, I mean, the things our kids have gone through They're heartbreaking.
3: A lot of drugs. Drug addiction is big and foster.
1: And it's, yeah, it's devastating to see the way it affects the kids that we love. But I think what God did in my heart was just the verse, what do you have that you have not received? And that went deep into my Mm -hmm. soul of... Who I am is only a gift of God, only the gifts that he's given me in both my family and support system and healthy childhood, but also just in the resources and strength and grace that he's given me. And yeah. I began to view my kids' parents very differently through a lens of compassion and empathy.
3: Well, that's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a story where you became very fearful because a little boy, I think you may have changed their names like we all do, we but did. you named them Mikey, was played in your home what what happened with Mikey
1: he was three months old when he came to us and he had already been in five homes because he was struggling (laughs) he was a hard baby who had been through a lot of hard things and so he was having a hard time and was spending a lot of his time crying and a lot of his time in my arms and I got to know his mom and I knew how deeply she was struggling And I remember one night I was rocking him to sleep and I had done all the things I had fed him and changed him and he should have been happy in my arms and he wasn't. And fear came into my heart of just how is she going to do this? And I was consumed with this idea that she would not be able to keep him safe Mm. and it, yeah. It, the answer couldn't come in her ability because I knew her enough to know how it would be a struggle. The answer had to come from something deeper that couldn't change. It had to come from God and understanding his character, his promises, and really fighting to believe the things that I said I believe. Yeah,
3: I mean, the, the truth is, and what we believe as Christians, there's only one entity's Promises that are actually true and always kept, and that's God's, mm-hmm. right? Through yeah. Jesus. And so that's a good thing to remember. Right. I know that as an orphan kid, you know, mm. people, it's hard to trust people. Mm. Um, you learn over time, hopefully, to mm-hmm. trust people again. But these poor foster kids, that trust has been broken in so many ways yeah. that that's one of the restorations that we in the Christian community need to provide.
1: Yeah, and part of that is going to be in their spirit and heart, and part of it is going to be in their brains and bodies. Yeah.
2: This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Do you have a desire to help families thrive? Named one of the best Christian workplaces in Canada, Focus on the Family Canada is looking for skilled, passionate people to join our dynamic team. We are currently looking to fill positions in marketing, accounting, graphic design, donor relations, and web development at our head office in Langley, B.C., If you or someone you know feels called to be part of our dynamic team, explore current job openings today at
0: focusonthefamily.ca slash employment.
1: Financial
2: moments with Tom Copeland.
0: When I provide financial counsel to a couple who are in debt, I encourage them to review their credit card statements, bank statements, etc. over the last couple years and identify those purchases that were not necessary. Reason, often a significant portion of the accumulated debt was incurred on unnecessary expenses, and now the couple is arguing about finances. Remember, God has promised to meet our needs, but not necessarily our wants and desires. In Matthew 6, Jesus said, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Your Heavenly Father knows that you need them but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. In summary, do not allow the availability of credit to tempt you to buy things that you do not need and get into debt and destroy your marriage relationship. Rather, prayerfully discern God's specific will before you make any major financial decision. To learn more, check out copelandfinancialministries.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter under Bible Finance. Thanks
2: for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Well, this is Focus on the Family uh, with Jim Daly. We're talking today to Jamie Finn, and uh, she's got a great ministry called Foster the Family, and she's come out with a book uh, titled the same, Foster the Family, Encouragement, Hope, and Practical Help for the Christian Foster Parent. Uh, Donate today and get a copy of that book. Help us help uh, those children in the foster system. Our number is 800, the letter A in the word family, and further
3: details are at focusonthefamily.ca. Uh, Jamie, when you had your first biological daughter, uh, you had some health complications that kind of tested that idea that you're in control of your environment. Oh, my goodness. Gene, very similar. I mean, just – and I think it's a great uh, mom attribute. I want to control safety. Sure. Everything. What they learn, what they eat. Sure. And guess what? You can't control that much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had a perfect birth plan. We were going to go to a birth center and everything was going to be perfect. Yes. And a day before my due date, I started having stroke like symptoms. Oh my. I lost control of half my body and my mm. face was drooping and I was airlifted to the local hospital. And in a moment, my plans were gone. And it was my trial by fire, my welcoming to motherhood, that I wasn't going to be able to control anything. Wow. And then we became foster parents and really learned that we are not in control of anything.
3: It does. It can knock. Let me say it this way. It'll knock sense into you. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know, you think, all of us as parents think we can kind of control things. No
1: parent is in control.
3: No. And, you know, the Lord chose to give us free will, and it definitely comes out in those little children.
1: Sure. (laughs)
3: At one point, you came to a breaking point, is what you wrote in the book, because a little girl you wanted to adopt was pulled away right at the last minute. I would say, you know, again, in that context, when you're looking to adopt out of foster care, you got to buttress your heart because there's a lot of bumpy roads.
1: Yeah. And the reality is that the foster care system has one goal that the court system and the workers are aligned to, and that is reunification until reunification can't happen. And so I think it's important that people understand when they're entering that system that their hearts and their goals Mm -hmm. need to stay aligned to what the goal of the system is. And that is not just what the state says, but I also believe it is in union with God's heart for healing and restoration for something that he created to be made whole again.
3: What happened in that situation with the daughter? What were the bumpy roads like for you and your husband, Alan?
1: So we said goodbye to our daughter after two and a half years.
3: So you had her two and a half years. So that's wow. part of the bumpiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How old was she at that point? She came
1: to us at three months old. Wow. Okay. And she had spent her whole little life with us. Yeah. And to say that it was heartbreaking and traumatic is an So you planned on
3: adopting her and some paperwork went crazy? I mean, it's this is ridiculous. When I heard the story, I was like,
1: what? Yeah. Well, what happened was COVID. And so okay. the everyone got extra time. And I will be honest, at first I thought, well, this just stole our daughter from us and ruined our lives. And by God's grace, he changed my perspective to this gave her mom enough time to finally get clean uh, Okay, and so she,
3: was, she went back with her bio mom.
1: She did. Wow, she that's went a back great to her plan. biological mother. Yeah. And it was 18 months of her mom struggling, and they changed the goal to adoption. And then we were we were happy to go there, but the goal changed when her mom's health and ability changed. And it was a test of what do we really believe about the family? Not just about trusting God, but about his design for the family and his commitment to restoration and healing. And she's with her mother, and they're great.
3: Yeah. And that's a good outcome. Sometimes there's chaos in that reunification, too. Mm-hmm. We had that experience. Mm-hmm with two kids who went back with the parents, and the mom overdosed. We, and the grandparents weren't in a position to do anything. They called the dad who's in rehab, yeah. who then calls us and says, can you take the kids? Hmm. And we're like, definitely, we'll take them back. But what happened? And, you know, that happens too. It does. Um, and it, she just could not beat the drug addiction, and finally it took her life. Yeah. And, you know, that... It's just really sad. Um, describe the idea. I mean, this is really interesting, and it's a great metaphor. Where your your husband Alan was laying next to uh, bed, looking under the bed. You walked in the room. What was going on? Yeah, that?
1: I walked into our foster child's room, and I saw him reaching under the bed. And I was like, "Do you need something? What's going on?" And I realized he was reaching under the bed, holding the hand of one of our foster children. Mm. And she had a tendency to, when she was afraid, Go hide. Yeah. And we would find her in cabinets and in corners and under the bed. And it was a picture for me of my fix mm-hmm. my let me come in and make this right, let's talk about it. And my husband's bent towards just being with her, just Mm -hmm. being present and empathetic and letting her know that he was going to be there with her. And it just created a beautiful image for me of what it looks like to, you know, we say – Weep with those who weep, lie under the bed with those who lie under the bed. You know, one of the,
3: being in foster care when Mm. I was nine and 10, I can, you know, those memories are scorched into my mind. It wasn't a great experience. Mm. It wasn't a real healthy, functional Mm. family that I was with. And I don't want to go into all of that. But the point I wanted to make is a child's heart, their emotional lips are so parched Mm. that just those little actions of your husband Tears me up just reaching Mm -hmm. in under the bed. Mm -hmm. That's something that girl will remember forever. Mm
0: -hmm. And I think, you know,
3: we don't even understand. It's a little action that in a healthy context, yeah, maybe the kids won't remember that because there's so many other good things that they're going to know. But speaking to the child calmly, running your fingers through their hair gently, Mm -hmm. assuring them that they're loved. Mm -hmm. Those are all things with parched souls hmm. that make such a difference. Hmm. And that's what's so beautiful.
1: Yeah. It's it's really also a picture for me of God's heart for these kids. Watching oh. my husband with his foster children just reminds me of God's heart for them. And it's beautiful to be able to watch that.
3: And probably it reinforces why you married him.
1: <laughs> well yeah. And it's it's Way especially go, right. It's encouraging for me because He didn't want to do this. You know, you ask him when he wanted to become a foster parent. He says, never. But he did it out of obedience, and God has has shaped him into this compassionate man.
3: Yeah. Jamie, we said at the beginning we wanted to come back to practical things people can do. Let's end there. Yeah. Um, You know, obviously, getting engaged in the foster program in your state, it's a process. you got to get your home qualified. They come and inspect it. And each state is slightly different. And it feels intrusive. But keeping your eye on the big prize of being engaged at that level uh, is what it's all about. It's for the kids. And even with all the state requirements and you know policies and regulations, just plow through it. Honor those in authority over you and get in there and start doing the work God's called you to do. Mm-hmm. Now, there's other things families can do. What have you learned that really benefits a foster family or a foster adoption family?
1: Yeah. Well, you shared Wait No More's initiative. There are... There are ways like that where we can take the resources that we've been given and share them with others. And money is one of our resources. Another one of our resources is our time, our energy, our relationships. And as a foster parent, one of the most meaningful things to me has been people who are willing to be in the trenches with us, who are willing to listen to the the stress and the heartache Mm -hmm. and speak truth in God's word to us when we're struggling to trust him. So that has been meaningful, just friendships, but then also the ways that people come and serve us, the ways that people will bring meals or take out one of our kids or, you know, bring a a child to the babysitter or something like that. Those practical ways of we are sort of on the front lines of this and the people in our lives have said, we want to support you as you As this is your mission, our mission is to stand with you and and support you. so,
3: so good. Some of the research that we've seen is if you have five families that come around a foster family or a foster adoption family, that can just help them. Do the grocery shopping once in a while. Maybe do the laundry for them. Come over, do the yard work. Maybe clean up the house. uh, Whatever you can do to support. If you've got five families in your corner it actually becomes a very successful Mm -hmm. situation. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing to do. I'd encourage churches, and don't go to the pastor and say, Pastor, can you do this? Do it yourself within the church. Don't ask him to do it, Mm -hmm. but just volunteer to lead a foster adoption support group that your church can lean on. I'm so proud of the church here in Colorado Springs, a new life church. Brady Boyd, we had lunch. I said, here's what I'm thinking. He said, man, we'll adopt. I bet we'll adopt 100 Kids out of foster care. If we do this, and we did, and they adopted more than a hundred. Wow. Mm-hmm. Think of that. And then they put a program in yeah. where he talked about all of them becoming cousins. These are our cousins. Oh, we God. need to take care of them. And you know, he just did it in such a great way. Every church can do that. Mm-hmm. And again, when you look at that uh, opportunity for us to get engaged, um, man, it's a field ripe unto harvest. Mm-hmm. And I would just encourage people to do that. Uh, Jamie, thank you for this wonderful book, Foster the Family. What a great call. I'm in your corner. Thank you. Let us know you. what we could do for you. <laughs> thank you. And I would really want to turn to the listener or the viewer to encourage you to look at this. Go to the website, fosterthefamilybook.com, and get more of the ideas. Even better, order the book through Focus on the Family, and uh, all those proceeds we can put right back into ministry. Uh, Jamie, again, thank you for your example of how to reach into the chaos, you and Alan, mm-hmm. and create diamonds in these children. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, and any gift you can make today will be greatly appreciated. And as Jim said, we'll put that to work right away. Our number is 800, the letter A in the word family, and further details are at focusonthefamily.ca. When you get in touch, uh, please make sure to ask about Waiting to Belong. That's our program here in Canada to come alongside and help foster kids and those foster families. Again, our number 800, the letter A and the word family.
3: Jamie, thank you for your heart, you and Alan, for what you are showing others to do and what's possible. I so appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
2: And thank you for joining us today. Plan to be with us next time. We'll hear from Dave and Ashley Willis about having a stronger, healthier marriage.
1: I kind of tried to just handle this by myself, which I do not recommend for a while, because I I believe the lie, too, that it was just my problem. But in marriage, I want to make it very clear, it's never his problem or her problem. Every problem and every struggle